Here we go. Will you count me in? One, two, now. <laughs> Welcome to Art Pop and Bottles. My name is Kayla Mason Garvin. Hi, my name is Justin Ganaway. And we have here a beautiful guest. Thank you so much Welcome. for joining us. Thank you for having Welcome me. to the podcast. So on Art Pop and Bottles, every week we talk about a seminal pop album. We also discuss the news, what's happened, and we rate the album based on a um, system of box wine boxes. Yes. Um, so welcome, Elise. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to talk to you this week. Our first segment, as always, we discuss what pop star we feel like this week. Justin, you're up. Do you have one? Are you prepared? Um, yeah. So this week, <laughs> um, one of the most prominent things that happened to me this week is like I did some costumes um, for the for a, a museum opening at a prestigious university that we all attend, mm. um, and I did um, costumes for actors who they the uh, one of my favorite directors was like I need you to do costumes because we're doing a museum opening and I was like sure fine whatever, um, and so we did um, Vincent Van Gogh and Frida Kahlo mm-hmm. like play cards like and then there was just like two beautiful renaissance people just like having a great time um sort of by the door just doing a little performance art for these like rich people um and so i um did the costumes and i got so because i did those i got invited to the party and there was lots and lots of free champagne just like swirling around me and i got to walk through the the the, yes (laughs) i got to walk through um the like gallery and i I felt very much like I was in my own version of the Met Gala. Um, and I was just so sad because I couldn't like share it with anyone. But so I like walked around and I was just like crying, staring at art. <laughs> and I was and um, you said it best because I was telling I was telling Kayla how I was feeling while I was there, just like crying, listening to, or drinking champagne. And Kayla was like, OMG, <laughs> Lana. And so I feel like <laughs> Lana Del Rey this week. Yes. <laughs> how do you feel? Me? Yeah. OK, I, Kayla to this week um i'm gonna use a repeat artist but for different reasons this week i feel like britney spears but not like last week i felt like britney spears because i wanted hot cheetos and a venti frap although that remains true but i will say that this week i feel like britney spears because i feel personally I feel persecuted by the public I feel persecuted by the media I feel persecuted by my bills and taxes and I need new lawyers (laughs) at least who do you feel like this week? yeah what pop star Um, does it have to be musical? you can pick whoever the fuck you want I picked Kim Kardashian one week and she's not a bona fide pop star I'm sorry she she released one single jam jam she did one thing once thank Um, you at least for knowing the canonic knowledge of Uh, Um, Who do you feel like? I kind of feel like um, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. How do we say his name? Matthew McConaughey. Thank you. I feel like him because I don't know. I don't know. But he he made an Instagram this week, and that's the mood that's kind of ruling me is how chaotic that was. Mm. And I feel chaotic, and I'm like, this human shouldn't maybe touch technology i don't know but i feel that mm. i have no answers as to why but that is where i am mm. thank you for I'm sharing sorry. that yeah. no, no i liked yeah. it don't apo- i mean apologize. it was an apology to him yeah do you feel like some of his best work is um <laughs> is um that movie with sarah jessica parker <laughs> oh, oh failure to launch oh, so launch. Good. oh i think oh. that his 
best work. I just watched, rewatched Angels in the Outfield, and there's nothing oh, I love actually... seeing him more as the sort of a, a comedic bit player. You but know? What he it, can really nail that part. Can that, we do? Yeah. Can we do uh, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days? Yeah, like well, legitimate. Like mm. that's also actually that's a cult classic. <laughs> Is that how you tell us to hurry um, up? What's his What's his catchphrase? Hold on, I just need to oh, know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, all right, all right, all right, all right. right, yeah. all right yeah. Oh, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> there we have That's it. Cartman Thank doing you for Matthew joining us today, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so we're gonna move into our current events for the week. The first thing that we have, which is really exciting oh for my God. me. So this is a piece of news that I personally, Kayla Mason Garvin, know, and the two people sitting to my right do not know. Okay. Um, um, and that's what the theme is for this upcoming year's Met Gala and who's hosting. It's a so live reveal. This is a live reveal. I'm going to tell you what um, what's going on. So the theme for the 2020 Met Gala is, quote, about time, colon, fashion and duration, end quote. The inspiration comes from the 1992 from the 1992 Sally Potter film Orlando. Oh my right? god. Right? Hold on, hold I mean on. this looking is up exciting. Looking up images. The co-chairs for the gala will be Nicolas Gesquier. Lynn Manuel Miranda, which is hilarious. I mean, what the fuck it's does he know about Hamilton. fashion? Um, Meryl Streep, mm. Emma Stone, and Anna oh Wintour. Oh my god! Okay, so I have a lot to say about this, and I'm going to come in hot with it. <laughs> so let's go. Okay, first of all, the Met Gala has been continuously adding, adding me for three years. First, it was <laughs> fashion and the Catholic imagination, which is like I grew up Catholic. Then it was camp, which is actually just like gay. It was it, the theme was gay, and now it's this like, and now it's time is what you said so I just did a dance piece last year that the choreographer came in hot and was like I want to do something about gender inspired by the film Orlando and and so she wanted to mix like um, modern fashion and like period uh, period costumes to create like this world of Orlando and like this sort of like take on gender um, and so, and what I do a lot as a costume designer is mix modern, which is what I'm doing with Hamlet right now. My thesis <laughs> is to mix modern costume and, um, and like historical references. But also I think the reason why Anna chose this is because we're going through a moment where a lot of modern fashion is rep- is referencing like a Victorian aesthetic with like the crazy sleeves that we're getting sent down the runway. There's also a movement called Renaissance Corps that's happening right now. So where they're referencing sort of Renaissance silhouettes, like this to me feels timely. I actually think it's probably going to be, I think, a good theme because there were a lot of celebrities that were confused by camp. And this, I think, is something that can be executed well by a bevy of different stylists. Camp was embarrassing. I'm a little scared, though, that people are just going to put clocks on their clothes and be like, see, I did the theme. It's only Kim Kardashian. That is a Kardashian. No, I do think that it's going to be a lot of people. And I think there was a tweet that I should reference, but I don't remember who tweeted it. It was it was just like a, you know, I I feel like oh I'm gonna get this wrong, but um it was a tweet that was sort of just like um this is what all of the men are gonna come into the Met looking like, and it was this the this picture of the white rabbit from Alison Wonderland. <laughs> he's just dressed regular, but he's got a clock on. I mean, you I'm <laughs> wait no, who is that guy that used to do the and the reality show the reality on MTV? Show? Yes. He wore the giant clock. What oh, is his name? Um, Flavor of Love. That's, that's what was it. the name of the reality show? I know there's Flavor like, of Love, Flavor which of then spawned uh, New York. Honestly, well, and then what was what Tila Tequila? She was on that. Right? Yeah, well, she, she did. Her own. She 
better be it. on Flavor of Love and then at the Met Gala. Here is the Met Gala. Oh, she's gone off the deep end. We don't want her. Okay, well, I mean, I do. I'm okay with the men being dressed. I have some questions for you guys. Yes. At the Met Gala, who do you expect the best looks from? Predictions. Well, it's this is a contentious question because Rihanna has not attended in a bit. No, she's. She just didn't attend last year. Well, still, that's a long time for that's Rihanna. That's a really long uh, absence. Um, well, we we hope, would hope because she still has not walked back her quote unquote alleged qua- claim that she is dropping an album this year. Like right. she might mm, show up true. to promote, you know. That's true. Um, she so could be the surprise performance. I, I do feel like she. Um, if she attends, there's no one better. There's no one better. Um, I think Sarah Jessica Parker, a, a Met Gala fave, actually is quite good for yeah. this. She's well equipped. She's well equipped. Yeah. Blake always, Lively. I would say, sh- Blake sure. Lively, yes. Blake I would also, always also turns say, Versace. lately, just who's really been doing it for me on red carpets has been Zendaya. Oh, um, yes. Particularly Stunning. at the Met Gala, she has a pretty Ooh, good track I hated that look. record. See, Wait, I didn't like what Cinderella. Did she this the year? Cinderella. Yeah. Oh, I didn't like the Cinderella. I don't think it was great, but I do think she has a good track record. What her I'm thinking Catholic. of is her Joan of Arc. <laughs> yeah, for was the fashion, the stunning. And she was Gorge. walking around like I'm a soldier, bitch. Like, oh, I that loved way. it. I don't know that was <laughs> that theme was everything. Yeah, yeah. got really so good. much. But maybe they it's did because well. we're fucking Catholic. I, I think oh, it. Sh- oh my god, wait, this <laughs> podcast has Catholic roots, honey. Are we, we are all Catholic. <laughs> yeah, we know any Padres? Oh my god, I'm fucking confirmed. I'm not. Oh, I'm not confirmed. Confirmed. My confirmation name was Joan. Um, I was going to be Nicola. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on to the next uh, uh, item. We have um, Selena Gomez. We have previously discussed her song, Lose You to Love Me. Lose You to Love You. Lose You to Love Me. Lose you, you're right, yeah. sorry. <laughs> lose You to Love Me. Because she had to lose Justin Bieber to love herself, is what she's saying. Yeah. Um, but that yes. song just hit number one, which is her okay. first number one. Thoughts? It's her first let's number weigh one. in. Um, I'm really excited about this. I have to say, uh, because I did when I when we when you you messaged me and Selena, that said Selena dropped and I downloaded the songs immediately because I knew we would talk about them on the pod. I was I will say that like after two weeks, lose you to um, love me has aged well for me. I also like in the this is the more ballady of the two songs. It's the, it's more the one ballady. if you've seen the music videos, it's the one where she's just like in black and white before a mirror or yeah. a camera. Yeah, the 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 video is lazy, but I do think the song is good. It and was I'm filmed really on an her. iPhone. I know that's like the what? big ad campaign yeah. for iPhone oh, right now is fuck. that they filmed the entire the, thing mm, on the video. Oh, and she's the making the big... She is making yeah, Steve is, Jobs money. Yeah, this fuck. Yeah, that's yeah. way beyond just music money. Oh my God. It's, that's great. She, they good were like, for iPhone her. Was like, sure. Make your money off your breakup song. I think it's a They've good broken song. broken up so long. I'm Honestly, I'm so over her and the Justin thing. They were babies when they dated. Well, part of the thing is... Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. He's not her boyfriend. He hasn't I'm so over it. I do Get feel like though they have gotten back together, but she, yeah, she, I hope that she's getting, um, <laughs> um, up next on our items of current yeah, events, like we have Charlie's Angels uh, soundtrack, which is heavily features Ariana Grande. She's dr- now dropped a number of songs, and we are here to discuss and weigh in. This is contentious between the two of us because, <laughs> I mean, you hate it, and um, I just think they're all fucking bad. You definitely hate the single. I hate the single. It sounds so bad. Miley Cyrus, Ariana See, Grande, not meant to mix. It's the horrible. Thing, the yeah. thing 
about the single that I kind of like is that everyone is so much doing their own thing that it really sounds like three separate songs, and it's kind of funny. <laughs> like I, I feel like it's. I like the Lana bit. I still like. I'll say it. I till I'm blue in the face. The it's Lana funny. bit is funny. I mean, it's funny, and it's also pretty funny how in the video they all look like they're in three separate videos, but they did actually get into the same space to film it together. You know, like uh, yeah, I kind of like this. That like, is funny. Um, I'm gonna say I think that the. I think that the collab between Normani and Nicki Minaj and Ari is quite good. I um, listened to it a second time today. Um, and Why it was actually the second time in the day. Um, <laughs> I heard it this morning and then I listened to it again. And, you know, I, I have to hear it some more times, but my my gut impulse is like, eh. Nikki's rap is lazy, but I've, I've, I'm done expecting Nikki to rap in a quick way anymore. She's slow. She doesn't care. She's fine. She's she like, I have millions. Retired. I'm retired. <laughs> um, up next, we have a political item. Uh, it's come out this week that T.I. Uh, uh, takes his daughter to a doctor, question mark? Gynecologist. <laughs> Gynecologist to get her <laughs> his she? daughter's hymen checked and ensure her virginity. Um, Once thoughts? a year. Once a year. Let's, let's, think, let's think and talk about that. I mean, there's a lot of things that I personally have to say about it, but I'm curious. I would like to know if he has a hobby. Like, like what? Like I just don't. I just don't understand. Especially, I, I, she's eighteen now. Yeah. Um, why is that's this, too old? Why is this news coming out? I have so any many questions. Too old. Any any what? Well, and there's lots of stuff that can go on with a hymen. Like a hymen is not an arbiter, actually, no. scientifically, of yeah. virginity, and that is his goal, which I think is Weird. really messed up. But uh, it also is scientifically sort of like bogus. Yeah. Well, I mean. Um, I have a lot to say on this, but one, you can break a hymen while uh, riding a horse. That's yeah. me. Yeah. me. It was me. Yeah, yeah. Me like, oh my god. At least Susan Chip. <laughs> Follow um, me on Twitter and Instagram. No, <laughs> when I was when I was nine, we thought I got I thought I got my period, and I had ridden a horse the day before, and I'm pretty sure that that uh, is just what happened. Yeah. Which I mean, I guess is why we fucking have side saddle and shit. Ti's <laughs> like you're not riding a horse. We had side saddle. Just bubble wrap your child. Right, right, right. Just, I, I don't know. Just don't let her out of the house. I think it's just, I, it's, stop sexualizing your child. That, yeah. that is the key to me right. is you are immediately well, also, sexualizing your child. Well, and then also sort of like controlling their sexuality because mm-hmm. it's like that there's a number of things that could go, go, have gone on if she had a broken hymen and it doesn't mean that like her virginity's gone, you know? Yeah. Like, and also, why are you concerned about her virginity? Why are you bringing it up in the press also? Also. How did also. It, does anyone know how it got into the press? I do not. It feels I, a very, very personal I feel item. like he must have had to have brought it up because what is someone going to say? Hey, have you yeah. taken your daughter to the to doctor? The go- <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's uh, word of mouth, me honestly. while I Google T.I. Hyman. That's Ooh. something that I just did. No. Oh, no. Well, I, honestly, I haven't heard of T.I. since... <laughs> 2008. So. I, I know this is the, the thing minute. that he's most relevant for in in a decade. So kudos, hi Ti. Oh, it was him. He he's the one who opened up about it. Was um, it on his social media? Up. Yeah, he mm. he wasn't open to anything. I said it. Okay. 
<laughs> um, so that's not that's yeah. So interesting. That's how that he he was the one who let that out. Right. I hate that. Not good. Let's move into our main event for today. Today uh, we are dis- discussing a very yes. exciting album. Mm. Um, today we're gonna discuss "Come On Over" by Shania Twain. Mm. This album was released on November fourth, nineteen ninety seven. Um, it was a huge hit. This is something historical that I just thought I'd include because yes. I think it's so interesting how big. <laughs> of a hit this album was commercially it's as big as this uh, of a success in fewer years um than rumors yes Max it album. ties for eighth as right. the top selling artist or top selling <laughs> album in american history yeah and out of 11 tracks on the album um, i mean tw- 16 tracks on the album 11 of them were singles mm-hmm. out of those 11 singles all of them charted in the top 30s of the like 100 top 100 three of those singles were number ones and five of them were top tens like this yes. this album was it's a huge amazing. hit um it was the number one country album in four different consecutive years so with in the years 97 98 99 and 2000 it was uh the number one country album uh in each of those years um (laughs) it outsold literally everybody like the when we talk about pop stars from that era like she this album outsold the britney album yeah from that era like it outsold basically everybody this is the top selling album we've ever reviewed is it Ooh, oh yeah my gosh. is it it is really? it fully is there's wow. the only one that could have rivaled it would have been um would have been britney's and it art didn't. pop <laughs> <laughs> fuck you jokes <laughs> jokes Sorry. Um, not Sweetener sorry. will beat it. No, it won't. I don't know. Um, yeah, wow. We just don't like commercially successful things <laughs> here. We're avant-garde. Um, so we're going to talk about some of Shania's seminal looks here. Yes. The first um, look that we want to talk about is uh, a look that Elise Susan Chase brought to our attention. Um, and this is from her vi- music video for the song From This Moment On. Um, so uh, we'll post a new thing that we're doing is we're, we're going to post these looks both sort of like on our Insta- permanent Instagram but we'll also post them in our stories and make it a permanent story highlight so that you can reference it while you listen to the um, listen to the episode so uh, this is the point at which to pull up your phone to look up the pictures but um, so in terms of what she's wearing here um, how would we <laughs> describe this I mean she's wearing sort of there's a number of pieces I'm well it, it begins um, mm-hmm. um we she she is introduced to us in a what would we even call this a near cape head wrap a loose a loose sort wrap. of like a head cover a head, head scarf co- a it's head a, scarf it's a burka it's a burka it's, a, it's, not, a burka. it's not a it's not full burka but it's fully referencing it's like a, it's like a half burka I don't think it's referencing a burka I think it's referencing a sari particularly oh. because she's wearing a bindi like she's she's sort of referencing like Arabian looks in which night. one she's covers strange. the head okay um and she's also wearing a gown all of the colors are sort of muted yes gold Thoughts? Oh, and then then you want to explain the evolution of the look? Okay, so she goes from this headdress, and then gradually it becomes a veil, and then gradually it becomes a cape, and then gradually it becomes wings. Mm. Um, it's an entire it's an entire expedition that she goes on with this one look while the bindi is firmly planted firmly, between firmly her planted. eyebrows. Wow. Um, Speaking of bindi. because it's a wedding song, you know, at least she had one thing right. I guess. I mean, I, yeah, it's it's 
she she looks stunning. Like mm-hmm. there's no denying that she's she an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous and... human. But I would love to ask her today what she thought of the look. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, okay. So white women love a face jewel, mm-hmm. right? They love oh, to like decor their face. However, however, just dazzle me. They. I mean, this is just completely irresponsible. Mm-hmm. I do think there's um, a, a responsible way to wear a face jewel. Yeah, put it on your fucking eyelash like a normal <laughs> human being. But I do think I do think too in a, like. Um, not to say that this look is okay at all, but I do feel like there was a different social context in 1997 where, unfortunately, appropriation was sort of, like, more normal than it was not normal. So I do feel like um, this is not okay or cute, and it also is sort of, like, in line with a bunch of the other things that we see in pop music in 1997. This screen grab is the one that just hurts me the most. I'm referencing one that we'll maybe put on the story, but she's just like, Closing the the cape to where it's just like it's be- that is burka. Yeah, it's yeah. becoming burka. I think for me, this um, particularly married uh, with, with the lyrics of this song, this actually really reminds me of a moment that I believe happened in two thousand like thirteen um, when. Uh, so this song is very much about like eternal love from this moment on. We will be together. We will be you yeah. know, one. Um, and this reminds me of a moment at a. I I believe it was 2013 award show where Katy Perry sang a, a song that had a similar message about like um, the song was um, uh, what what is it? It's a it's an adjective. Um, unconditional. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Undis- yeah. Unconditional. And she was wearing sort of this like pan Asian garment and kind of like some <laughs> questionable makeup choices. But it, it I think both of the these uh, examples are sort of examples in which we have like a, a white woman performing a song that's about sort of like forever love, unconditional love in the garb of like an Asian woman, which it just yeah. really is so, there's so many layers of ick, you know, yeah. especially because, you know, they're not, these stars are not uh, like using this type of garb um, for, for songs like... I, I don't know. I, I don't think it would be right for any of their songs. Well, but it's, it's not it's not for, like, uh, empowerment. It's not for, like, mm-hmm. I feel like for another... Um, I think this would be also questionable if she wore this type of thing during Man, I Feel Like a Woman. But that yeah. also is a different message of sort of, like, taking ownership of oneself, whereas this is about sort of, like, giving oneself away. And yeah. I think that sort of, like, the politics of that are... I hate. I got my eye on it. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. It's making it was her shocking fantastic. to see. It was <laughs> genuinely going through her music videos and seeing this come up. Shocking. Yeah, I wouldn't have. Well, because that really way does this apply? I like you listen to this song and you're like, oh yeah, she had to write this to uh, have a wedding hit on her album, right? Which I'm sure it was. If we looked up, like they had to have played this song oh, in a million absolutely. weddings. And yeah. why? I it just it doesn't make sense. It does not. It does not add anything. It does not. Can, it just. It's I don't it's weird. I yeah. I, sorry, I keep saying weird, but no, I agree with you. And I, I also have to say, like again, this is like a, something that we've seen in pop music for a while now. Katy Perry referenced it in 2013. Beyonce referenced it in the uh, collab she did with Coldplay as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's, we've been flirting with bendies for a while. I'm not sure why, and I just feel like it's time to stop. <laughs> yeah, let's let it go. If if we're not of that culture. Yeah. Um. 
Um, as someone said to me recently, I'm just always thinking about decolonization. <laughs> um, moving on, the next uh, look that we're going to discuss is from the video for Man, I Feel Like a Woman. This is an icon- another iconic, multi-part look. There are many, there is sort of an evolution of clothes here as well. I feel like Do this... Do you want to describe it, Justin? Well, I would like to say that um, once she should have performed this at the Met Gala for camp. Um, <laughs> Because oh, it's absolutely. reveal after reveal after reveal. But she starts um, in a floor-length tuxedo jacket with pink, <laughs> peaked lapel and velvet top hat. Absolutely. Um, then she takes the jacket off. Poof! Um, and then she's in the, a man shirt. Um, and then this um, corset. People are describing it as a corset dress, a bustier dress, however you want to do it. It's a corset with like a white, it, with a black satin slip underneath it. And then she takes the man shirt off, which is of course, re- of course referenced in the lyrics of the of the mm-hmm. song. And then she's in, um, I believe it's um, it's above elbow length length gloves yep. with um, a beaded fringe going all the way down the gloves and that fringe. And then also somehow she gets a choker on <laughs> that's not in the first two looks that also has the beaded fringe. Um, I think that this is excellent execution <laughs> Iconic. of camp. Victor Victoria. Victor Victoria. Yes. It's playing with gender. I actually think that like w- we go from a really problematic moment of her being in a bendy to like, man, I feel like a woman. Honestly, for me, feeling like a gender fluid anthem like i enjoy it quite a bit i like it a lot yeah and i do like to her she's got this is a real era for her of the thigh high boot Mm -hmm. she in in many public performances she wears these like mini dresses and thigh high boots and it looks so good on her yeah she just really i think knew um what she wanted aesthetically for this for this moment on yes (laughs) from this moment on (laughs) we're not in that one Um, <laughs> Any other thoughts on this look, Elise? I mean, it's just, it's fun. It's gorgeous. I love the fairy. I look at that and I'm just reminded of like, the, it, that is pure 1990s. Once you have that chunky fringe, yeah. that is the 90s. Yes. And that's what I see in the thick the thick choker. And I, I love it. Would you wear it? I mean, I don't... <laughs> Can anyone wear it like Shania? But I think yeah, you I could. would try. Yes, queen. I sure as hell would try. <laughs> it's be- yes. Okay, so next look. The last look that we have is the iconic cheetah print look mm-hmm. from uh, the that uh, that don't that impress don't me, impress Mount me video. much. So we have here sort of a leopard print bra or cheetah print bralette, a leopard print choker, an open leopard print hoodie with a very sort of dramatic hood, and also a leopard print. Or cheetah leopard? It's it's a leopard. leopard. Are we we gonna just say and the wig? Do we say oh my god and the wig? (laughs) We're all in agreement. It's It's a wig. It's a a beautiful wig. It's this sort of. Is it a beautiful wig? Or you know what? She looks fantastic. She looks like a spy to me. Like she can just pull that thing off and shake it off. (laughs) What's the sketch? I'm wearing leopard. Um, I actually really like this look. I do own the boots that are in, that is in this. She and her yeah. abs look really 
good in this like her, in her little incredible. like brawl. God bless her. Um, I think that she, um, to to me, one understands her proportions a lot. I think uh, mm-hmm. um, I've said it about Beyonce, but I will say it about Shania as well. I think she really gets um, where hemline should hit, where she needs to cut her body in order to look the best. Um, I think that it, with Shania, it's in the details and like how the the hemline of the bra is like sort of curving right over her rib cage and then the uh, the how, how far it comes gives her just like the right amount of cleavage i think it's a gorgeous look um i also love that there's a hood on it because we as we know hoods bring drama honey and <laughs> they do i love a beard and a hood <laughs> and that's what do we know does she have a stylist like does she, has she yeah. had a consistent stylist what is so who helps her? I did this. I I did a deep dive, and I so one. It was surprising to me. Um, she has a stylist. The first name is Jamie. I believe the last name is Williamson, but I had to. I couldn't pull up the article quite yet. I think our exact produce is going to get on it. Thank you, Aaron Burnett. Um, however, <laughs> she's, she's great. She's keeping us all in check. I was like, <laughs> I do think Shania has a lot of uh, agency on what is p- put on her body because great. it seems to me that she like knows herself and she feels again. Like she feels like Rihanna, and that she like I have someone like covering so many up. She she feels like Rihanna, and that like when she wears a look, she like she's feeling it. She mm-hmm. looks like very confident in it and very comfortable. So I think that she collaborated with her stylist quite well. But then I looked up her stylist, and I believe it's Jamie Williamson or something to that effect. And that and I was like, are they still doing anything? And they have an Instagram, and they only have 138 followers. <gasps> Did you? follow them i should have all right okay so here's our next campaign (laughs) art popping bottles tonight is gonna follow jamie williamson on instagram we challenge all of you to do the same i think that frankly this is probably gonna result in a boost of about five followers for jamie williamson but five is better than none and let us support jamie let's support jamie support jamie i'm a jamie truther jamie is good i mean the the work that jamie did during this era minus the bindi solid Mm -hmm. Um, we don't know if they were involved in the right right so the gospel up for this this album um there's one sort of main thing that we want to talk about at least do you want to get into it okay so this actually comes almost 10 years after almost yeah 10 years 10 years and mm, a bit 12 years after this album at least publicly um, but i do yeah. think it's it's salient to this album because of some of the details yeah so Shania Twain, as many of us know was divorced in 2010 from her husband of i think of years and years. I don't have the exact year. They got married in 1993. I looked it up. Okay. The same year I was born. God bless. Um, mm-hmm. And in, gosh, I don't know exactly when the news came out, but I believe they were separated in 2009. Her husband, Shania's husband, was admitted to sleeping with Shania's best friend and personal assistant. Oh, can I say her name? Yes, please do. Her name is... Marie Anne Chabod. Don't right. follow her on Instagram. Marie, no, we're boycotting Marie Anne. <laughs> find some, find some. I mean, I'm mostly boycotting Mutt, but <laughs> but mostly okay. Um, and I think it's also yes. uh, worth noting. Part of the reason we're bringing this up is because her husband uh, was her producer for yes. many, many years and produced this album mm-hmm. um, in particular, among her other hit albums. And I, they, they also co-wrote quite a few songs together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was a big part of it. And that's her recent album that came out 
out was solely produced by her mm. because that was her first album produced without him and entirely by herself. So that we we're not going to discuss that album in this podcast, but just just to be noted, that is why she was so firm in um, not adding him to that or anyone else to that album. Oh, I love that for her. Um, for her. Right? Though isn't that lovely? Um, um, tell us the tell us the other thing. <laughs> so so Shania has recently remarried. Can anyone pull up his name right quick? Oh. Um, is it another dog name? Is it, it pretty damn Retriever? close. I'll, I'll, those <laughs> oh retrievers God. do come from Canada, so that's very accurate. <laughs> um, but uh, so he, so Shania is now because married the to <laughs> Labrador. To the Labrador. Okay, she is now married to the husband of that personal assistant and best friend <gasps> because they have the same last name, Frederick Thibault. Thibault. They uh, so they they bonded Sheep. while they were going through this horrible experience French. of Canadian their spouses French. cheating on them, and I guess it made them stronger and it brought them together. And they've been married since 2011. Is he? He looks that, hot. I, oh, he is me. hot. He is just he's Trudeau also the. <gasps> he's yeah. also a Nestle executive. He is literally in so charge money. of money for chocolate. Like what? A she's great happy. husband. She's yeah. she's so good. I get. That's the moral of She's so good. I mean, she's I, good. I dated the head of the Girl Scout cookie community. So. Hi. <laughs> I hope you're listening. <laughs> um, we, love, we love this for her. Okay, so the next segment we're about to get into is our track-by-track track review of this album. Yes. Um, so let's start with track number one. We really open strong here, in my opinion, with um, a, a, an iconic, iconic anthem, Man, I Feel Like a Woman. Thoughts on this song? I feel like if this was not the anthem of your childhood, I don't know what was. Yeah. I mean, I I remember being in my living room, just like belting this out, singing it, and my mom being like, please be quiet, child. <laughs> like, that is how iconic this song is. It is just, it is everything. I love this song. I, I so I, um... One of the, oh my god. Dong. <laughs> Gong. That was Kayla hitting her wine glass off of the mic stand. My wine jar. Um, <laughs> I think she has the perfect amount of vocal fry in this. Uh, when she kind of... like does the speaking point, man, I feel like a woman. But I did too much. But oh, it's um, good. And also she earned the key change. She earned I, the oh, key change. Was... I, I, love a, I love this era of music because we're not shy about key changes. And I just... I, a, a half a step up, you know, or a full step up. Oh my gosh. It gets me there. Um, so man, I feel like a woman for me. Okay. Today when I was listening to it, I was full on singing along and I was like, for 22 years now, I have been <laughs> singing the very, very weird lyrics to this song. Cause there's one part of the song where she's like, and I thought she was saying what I found myself singing was, Come on my head, do a, <laughs> do an a dare. But what she's actually saying is color my hair. Do an a dare. I thought it was curling my hair. Oh, color wow. my hair. Color my hair. And then something Gosh. a dare. Something a dare. Do an a dare. Do. Let's, Let's go, go girls. girls. <laughs> um, I, the last thing I wrote in my color notes my hair, for this was. Global bop. It's a global, global bop. Yeah, let me see what my notes say. 
I wrote a masterpiece. Every part of this is stellar. This is, I think, worth noting. The main hook of the... That's stellar. Yep. The vocals are stellar. The guitar, the bass, the the sort of rhythm section. I, I really do think that most parts of this song all work together to create a beautiful, beautiful um, oeuvre. It's a symphony. It's a symphony. <laughs> the next song on this album is Holding On To Love. Um, for this song, I wrote a bop. And I love the cl- the clappy semi acapella big chorus. You know, what, what, I love a chorus where they're just like, and we're feeling. And, yes, yeah, you know? mm-hmm. because we feel like we're all rooting for her as yes. she's doing. Yes. Um, I wrote for this. She did a world stop uh, <laughs> before there was ever a world stop, and I'm of course referencing where Beyonce did that track with Nicki Minaj, where she was like, "World stop." Flawless and, remix. And then yeah, flawless. No, remix. it's feeling myself. It's feeling sorry, myself. I'm so sorry, Beyonce. Yeah, it's feeling myself, and then and then they come back in, but Shania does a stop, and then she says, "Kiss me," and then the music starts again. It's oh so yeah, good. it's cute. It's yeah. cute. What do you think of it, Elise? I mean, I just I love anything. I'm like. Like Queen, I love it when she gets the audience involved. Mm, that's yeah, it. that's it for me. Is it feels so involved, and I feel like that's I'm gonna say that about a lot of her music, but it is definitely she is a for the people artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's camaraderie wrote, to the way that it, she writes her music. Yeah, I wrote for about eight of these songs. I wrote the word, and you'll hear it over and over again in this podcast. But I wrote the word anthem. Yeah, like yeah. they're all anthemic. Mm-hmm. Pieces of work. They they get they get everyone involved, and that 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 is why at the end of the day I always come back to hers because truly she mm-hmm. is a woman of the people. Inclusive, an inclusive artist. Most of the time, yes. Except for the bendies. Except for the bendies <laughs> and that last song on the album that we'll get to. But. Yes. Um, the third track on the album is "Love Gets Me." I wrote another bop. Yeah, this should be titled. Gone and done it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think it's cute. Like I really think this album um, is it's so fun, you know, mm-hmm. and it's sixteen tracks. It's an hour exactly. You know, I think it's uh, there's nothing about that I don't like. <laughs> we love a tight sixty. <laughs> love a tight sixty. Love. Next up. Don't be stupid. You I, know love I love this you. song. Don't be. I just, mm, everything about this song is just beautiful and fun. It's fun. That's it's what I wrote. Fun. I wrote fun, pun, country pop perfection. Yes. It's a, it's a power anthem. Yeah. Anthem check number two. Um, don't be jealous, bitch, is what I wrote. <laughs> um, I have two things to talk about with this song. Yeah. One, never has the word absurd be, been sang better in a song in Can my you life. sing it how she sang it? I can't, can't, can't. Don't, can't. don't, don't be Yes. Hold on, my sound is. Yeah, my sound's weird. Sorry, I broke the microphone. No, I think it's. Don't be. Do it again. Don't be upset. It's perfect. You know I need you. Yes, exactly. I you like. How can you fit first of all that word into a song and it'd be great. (laughs) But also, um, I really like the fact. I like. I kept putting. I put this three times in my notes. There is. A chorus of fiddles in yes. her. Yes! Oh my gosh, even watching her live, she has such a spectacular band yes. on stage with her. Exactly. There are so many pieces and parts mm-hmm. to like what 
that's going on instrumentally in these songs. And she has at least three or four fiddles playing the exact yep. same thing. Or but harm oh, oh, it's so because good. there's so many strings happening. It just it sounds so good. It sounds so good. Is, and I was I was looking at I'm trying to figure out does she have the same orchestrator that she uses again and again? I can't figure that out. Or mm. or I the think same it's band. It, no, unfortunately, no. <laughs> I think it's my because he worked for ACDC. He worked for all these huge oh. names. Like he loves a sweeping chorus and he loves like a big Ugh. instrumental band. So again, it's sort of this like Kesha, Doctor Luke, Shania Mutt like situation where I mean, I, of course, Mutt did not rape her, but there's this like ugh, weird sort Energy. of relationship yeah. like for I, that I don't like because I know that I'm sure it made her feel bad, but I just but also the music is good. The music mm. is good. Yeah, sort of. Again, we're having the conversation of like the lead vocal artist on this is our hero and the person who was like producing and supporting the music is a piece people. of trash a piece of trash a piece yeah. of trash okay song number five <laughs> from this moment on the bindi song uh, <laughs> as we now know it i wrote down this intro is fucking wild she has this whole intro where she's like <laughs> it's 40 so seconds you know, long <laughs> like she just has so much to fucking say before she starts singing i honestly i listened to this song and it's not it's not good. I mean, I guess it is good, whatever, if it was your wedding song. But um, this was distinctly put on the album because they were like, we need you to have a romantic country wedding hit that people can play. Yeah. And that is every time I hear this, I was like, someone is slow dancing at their 1998 wedding to this. What I find so interesting about this is that I actually did not remember this as a duet. I remembered oh, this as very... a solo track for her. I wrote "Poor Brian White." I know, right? Because he's not elevating the track. This is also her only vocal collab on the album, and she picked this guy. Like, what yeah. the fuck? Who's um, Brian? But also, uh, who is Brian? Barry, I thought I said Barry White all this time. No, Barry, if only bad. was Barry White. I mean, no. that would be not, different. It not would be the different. same. I'm about how it I, sounds like Dolly Parton's uh, when Dolly Parton originally wrote the song that Whitney Houston made popular and because I'm drunk I can't think of it but I will always fucking love you I will always love you to me like the instrumental sounds similar I'm mm. sorry it's okay to I will always love you it, no, it seems no. prescribed like to me it seems like it was made in a vacuum of like what makes a romantic song mm. here we go let's put all these recipe pieces together it's not I don't it's yeah. so interesting to hear all this because I feel like actually my strongest connection to this song is I had the shoot sheet music for this song and I would just like play it and sing it. And so I sort of like think it's like a, this really beautiful, simple love song. And then hearing the recording of it today, I was like, this is bombastic. <laughs> and um, so it's just interesting because my memory of the song is not actually what the song is. Yeah. You know? Um, From this moment. I have been blessed from this moment. It's, and it's also, mm, I, have, I have weird thoughts about the religion aspects of it. And like, it's weirdly Southern American. I don't know who we're targeting. She was like, what? Will Southern Baptists love this? And then there was a focus group and they said, at Brian White. Will they dance to this song? Mm. I think they will. Well, <laughs> she's Canadian is the other thing. Is she's like Canadian. She's like, here I am. That was <laughs> wow. Okay, so the next song on this uh, album is uh, track number six, "Come On Over." 
Anybody want to yeah, sing it? Different, come on over. Damn it, I'm sorry. But still a good, There's I mean, been a lot of potentially wine. the superior come on over. And no shade to Shania, because this song, I actually think <laughs> is great. Can someone sing the right I think one? it has a great hook. Can anyone sing it? Because now all I that's in my head it. is Christina. I'll play it on my please, phone, which is what I've done in the past. Yeah. So um, sorry. But no, I have it, I, I have it up. frankly love the Christina version. I mean, this is sort of fun. But does anyone feel like they're at, like, karaoke night? I feel like it's like a Hollow Notes fucking song, and <laughs> Shania's singing, so it's even better. The ad-libs are so campy for this. Like, I think the it's intro. cute. She's like, islands in the street, you know? <laughs> I feel like Kenny Chesney is singing this song to me. Absolutely. Oh, it is a Kenny Chesney vibe. He loves street. a beachy country thing. Yes. And she's doing beachy country. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's Kenny Chaz, but uh, by way of Selena. Uh, come on, in. Selena Gomez. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now I know which Slain. one it is. Um, I do think there's a really great hook here. Yeah, sure. That's all I wrote. Um, what else did I write? <laughs> Hold on. Um, what else did you write? I wrote "Can't be ad libs, but I live." Um, I think I hear an accordion in this song. There, there is an accordion. At there's some many accordions on this album. I will say it was shocking. Yeah, I also think this song is sung through a smile, and mm. I want to bring this up. Her, uh, Shania Twain, and Hilary Duff love to smile when they, they sing. They love a well, smile but there, when there's they also sing. something about that it, that, that I sort of le- learned when I was back in my days of like. Choir that there there is something about brightness yeah the mm-hmm. the brightness of her sound and the brightness of Hillary's sound and sort of like the raising of the palate and the cheeks you know yeah. making more space at the top of the mouth yes exactly sung through a smile beautiful okay what's next when okay <laughs> this is what I wrote mid tempo a communist anthem. <laughs> Can I, can I play a little? Can Please. I, I, I just, play I it have, for the fans. I have it all up. Skip to like the court. Skip to when she sings about money on trees. Oh, I don't. Oh, that's when she said one, two, now. Just so you know what we were referencing. Okay, we're going to. You know, such a great vocalist. Underrated. Okay, we sorry, I'll just keep singing along. I'll, I'll turn it off. Well, it's like, is it not about communism? It's a communist it's anthem conflated with, like, also maybe a breakup makeup. Also, well, no, then I she liked was like, all of that. and then she was like, is there world peace? I wrote, I think that um, every. <laughs> world peace She thing sings is about really world important. peace. I was just like, why? I think that every beauty pageant contestant should just sing this song during the question and yes, answer absolutely. section. It's, oh, it's just so, it's such, such a treat. It's such a treat. I feel like, I, I really do feel like she was given a checklist of things. It's like, okay, you need a song about world peace, <laughs> and you need a song about marriage, and you need a song about America, and then we can produce your album. <laughs> and this one's checking off world peace for her. It is. It certainly is. And breakups all at once. You hate it? You know? I think this is cute. I think it's, oh, it's so bad. It's one of my least favorite on the album. Well, she keeps it. asking, why did we break up? And I'm like, what if you just like moved on? I mean, for me, I, for me, the the later songs on the album are the ones that are weaker for me. But this, oh, totes, I mean, yeah. in the top, in the front half of the album, sure, this is sort of a weak weak link. Um, oh no, the next song I have no notes for. <laughs> Whatever called, you do, 
Don't. Don't. <laughs> would you play a little clip? I clippy? would love to. Excuse, hold, oh my god. Hold, please. Um, thoughts on this song as as it gets going in the intro? I would just like you to know that there are two exclamation points in the title. Yeah, whatever you do, exclamation mark. Don't exclamation mark. Here we go. Yay. I mean, we got the classic fiddles going. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um. This honestly, when I hear this song, it is white noise at a country bar at 2 a.m. and we're swing dancing drunkenly. I to me, I mean, I didn't write any notes and that makes me, you know, the, I mean, I think about it accordingly. I wrote perfect. Another perfect <laughs> song is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Another well-earned key change. Oh, I don't know that we're committed enough to wait for that keychain. We are, but honestly, I think this song's good. I'm committed to the dirty looks we're getting from both Aaron and Cam about this song. Um, I can turn it down so we can move on to the next All right, let's go to like track it. number nine, which is maybe my favorite song title of all yes, time. It's um, so good. So track number nine, if you want to touch her, ask. <laughs> I wrote down, very cool title. How modern. I wrote down a 2019 anthem, and I wrote down, ahead of her time, with two exclamation points, just like the previous song's title. I wrote down, consent, a concept, (laughs) in 1997. (laughs) And it's great. Well, and it's all about, like, if you like this girl, she's, like, let's, let's, fuck but ask me first like yeah that's that's all she's saying she's like i'm down to fuck but you gotta ask me that's it she's like oh you love me i love you too but you gotta ask before you touch it bubba (laughs) (laughs) his name is bubba (laughs) oh my god honestly she is ahead of her time i do think that this song should be played at like on a like an elizabeth warren rally But truly, actually, let's write to Elizabeth. Elizabeth, I swear to God, if you talk to us, <laughs> Elizabeth, would you like to be on this podcast? I'm so- it would get you a lot of popularity points. It would get you at least thirty votes. <laughs> um, song number ten. You're still the one. I wrote down another fucking wild intro. LOL. She like talks and talks. She's like, you know what? <laughs> I got some things to say. Here we go. I'm about to say them, but I'm not saying them yet. I think that we need a little bit of time before I start saying the things that I need to say. And by the way, I haven't started yet. And then they're like, you're still the one that I um, love. Um, and then I wrote, this is a beautiful song, and I know all the words. <laughs> the only one I dream of. You're still the one I want. This is another wedding song, Elise. No, it's not. It's like the it's a vow renewal song. Oh, you're right. It's a vow renewal song, and it's also written big air quotes from a woman who's been married four years. I'm like, I I hope so. (laughs) You're still the one after four years. You know what I gotta say? You're still the one I done for. Exactly. It's it's like there's like. What caught me most about listening to this was how prescribed it was. And I keep bringing that up. But I'm like, this song does not make sense for how old you are and Mm. who your audience is and what you're writing for. Beautiful song. But I'm having a hard time grasping that you wrote this with any kind of sincerity. Mm. 
I I mean I will agree with you with on that absolutely I don't necessarily think after like after four of the years I fucking hope like you're still discovering things in bed hopefully what? yeah but uh, <laughs> please God I I mean I do think it's karaoke gold though at the same oh, time yes yes yeah. and I would like to lip sync to this song oh absolutely yes. this is one of the many tracks that I think are ripe for karaoke which perhaps we can name before we name oh. our final karaoke choice at the end of the episode <sighs> yes um. The next song on the album is Honey, I'm Home. Ah! It starts with, quote, fiddles. I love this song. A bop. This song is so good. It's a blue collar anthem, honey. Very country here, electric guitars, but it's sort of like turning blue collar on on its head. It's like, she's like, bitch, I'm home. Make me a sandwich, bitch. She's like, I've had a hard day, baby. Let's dance. Let's do it. And that's all it makes me want to do. I love it. Mm -hmm. This is arguably my favorite song on this album. I think it's my favorite, too. I wrote, this really gets me heated about punching a clock. Um, also a goddamn bop. And then yes. I, I think it's one of the best call and response sections where she's like, hey, hey, and then mm-hmm. something else. It's good. I like it. I like it a lot. The next song on this it. album oh. is number 12, That Don't Impress a Me Much. Uh, 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 uh. So you have got them This is the point at which I was like, this album Ooh. is truly so ahead of its time. I you love know, like, this song. It really is doing, I mm. think it's doing... Um, like white 1997 feminism at a uh-huh. level of like 2005 white feminism. <laughs> yeah. you know? yes. Like at least, yes. if not 2007. Like yes. she's really out here being like, I am equal, I'm a breadwinner, mm-hmm. you suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, like make I love this song. This to me as a young woman listening to this song was everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And all the things she goes through. You're so you're a rocket scientist. So you're Brad Pitt. So, that mm. doesn't fucking impress me, bitch. Okay, like work so you for were it. In the car. <laughs> I love that. That's like oh, so you you on it like that was base level. I'm like oh god, yes, Shania, get him. Yeah, like, get him. Gotta drive. Are you kidding? But I'm not having sex in that car. Give me no. Give me a Clorox. So I think we know our favorite song. <laughs> um, uh, the th- ooh, uh, black eyes, blue tear. Okay, this. Oh, song. I looked up this song. Okay, the, uh, I'm curious to hear what it is in context. Yeah, it, context. Because on my first listen, what I wrote down um, was this song title makes me nervous, <laughs> and then I wrote, okay, yes, it's about getting out of abuse. Yeah. Hmm. Also, it's empowering. I I was a little waffly on this one because I felt like, frankly, like it was a little. Maybe I was misreading the song, but to me, she she literally says the word abuse a couple of times. Like for me, it was um, both empowering and also like, huh? What are we phrasing this? Like I don't know. What did you think? So there's a song, and I bet you'll know it. Um, Carrie Underwood just released a song called "Cry Pretty." Oh, yeah. Oh, I, you know, I couldn't sing it for you right now, but I do know it. Yeah, so I think that there's, like, there is a bit of a through line and also a bit of a, I think what you're picking up on is, like, a little bit of a fetishization of um, sort of a scorned woman in the Mm -hmm. country music genre feel. But I also, at the end of the day, think that this track turns, like, doesn't necessarily turn on its head, but it does 
give us it supports the it's the female yeah, yeah the female protagonist yeah. in the song i think that she is getting out of a bad relationship and she talks about self-esteem she talks like the last line is like um once you find your self-esteem like you can self-esteem there is a world of dreams or something like that but i like it i don't know I Wait, like uh, if that's not the lyric let's write it down let's record it because that's a hit and this is copyrighted arts pop and bottles um 2019 i i mean i like the song i think it's fine it is it was a song written for abused women um, I don't, I don't know. I have mixed feelings on it because at the time, Shania did have a, a quite horrible upbringing, mm. which included quite a bit of abuse. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she did have some perspective to write this from. Um, Before she married Mutt, she was also married to a guy that was abusive. Is what my mom told oh, me in the really? bath this morning oh. or this evening. Yeah. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, mm. before she married Mutt, she was in a, a different relationship that was abusive. And I knew so... her stepfather was highly abusive. Mm. Um, that her nice. mother, her mother was incredibly abused. So she she had a, a, a fantastic frame. Not fantastic. That's a horrible word. Um, she had a very clear frame of reference mm-hmm. for what she was singing about. But I don't know. I I. I I don't. I didn't. I did not feel the sincerity in the song. If I'm being completely upfront mm. and honest with you, it felt removed. Mm. I actually think that has something to do with the production of it too. Tell the me song more. was like a bit too upbeat for what the yes. lyrics right. were. Right. So well, and I th- I attribute that to her wanting it to be sort of like this hopeful anthem for mm-hmm. women, you know. But it, to me, it is maybe a bridge too far. Like it is really pushing that tempo. I don't know. Yeah. It's but almost romanticizing abuse. I said it. Mm, well, I mean, and I think this is actually a theme. This is a relevant theme that we come into with pop music sort of quite frequently you know Mm -hmm. we have um i think sort of one of i think the most famous examples of it being the song that eminem and rihanna did love the way you lie which was Mm -hmm. sort of like talked about at the time but was also a huge hit you know and it was you know eminem has been proved to be an abusive partner and rihanna has been in abusive partnerships and but they both signed on to do this song about abuse that sort of glorified it in a way and sort of romanticize it in a way but in you know and both have been on sort of different ends of that type of relationship and I do think that artists should be able to do whatever um, kind of thing that they want to do but also we should be able to talk about how it comes off you yeah. know of course yeah and I, and I and that comes back to how it was executed and I think yeah. that you're right I, the, she's pushing the tempo it, it gets a little bit self-indulgent but I do think that um, especially hearing about the history of this song there's definitely stuff there that um, I am sort of like glad that she's exploring on this album that is otherwise quite um, bright. You know, mm-hmm. this album is not necessarily mm-hmm. about anything um, other than this song, anything too deep. Um, so you know, it, it does sort of track to me that that would be the song that she's sort of like digging a little bit with. Yeah. Well, and she she has a history of um, being quite the sponsor for for women in dire situations in ro- and uh, in, uh, relationships, and also the children of those relationships. Mm-hmm. She has a foundation called Shania Kids Can mm-hmm. that is entirely focused on helping children in schools who are either not being fed enough, 
um, because when she was growing up, she would come to school and not have food, mm-hmm. which is, this is getting kind of political, but that's a problem we have in the United States right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, so she, that that is something she does, is really contributes a lot of money to school districts. I don't know that it's specifically in Canada, but she is Canadian, um, and, I, and I know she lives in Canada right now. So that, that is something, and is particularly abused wives and mothers. Well, listeners, if you're interested in contributing to this, you can look it up. Yeah. Um, the next so- uh, track on the song is I Won't Leave You Lonely. My notes are French, accordion, <laughs> te amo, what the fuck. That's what I have. It's not my fave. There's just a anything. lot going on. There's a lot of stuff. I don't think it, even with it, even with there a lot being going on, it, to me, it's not super memorable. And mm. I, I just like, I, I believe a ballad from her typically, but this one for me was just like, not enough to like, give me like, in an album full of like 11 singles, this to me Right. This was not a single. Yeah. Um, n- up next we have Rock This Country, exclamation mark. There's mm. a lot of exclamation nope. marks here. What do you have to say about Rock This Country? I have a hard, hard no. Yeah. I mean, she... Mm, yes. This this is when, again, I see the producers involved. The, I see the puppet strings. She's a Canadian artist, and she is legitimately... Oh, Canada. She is listing. <laughs> she is listing off American states in this song, and she is singing about girls with the blue eyes, and it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that there was like a specific moment in country music where there was like a lot of very nationalistic songs that were mm-hmm. like being produced. Uh, a lot of them being from Toby Keith's repertoire. Like, um, and it this was, is pre nine eleven. And it was pre nine eleven, which like four is years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is interesting because it does predate. Um, that well, something that it's I like think hyper nationalist movement after nine eleven. Yeah. Context that I think is interesting is sort of um, you know we're in twenty nineteen, the year of an impeachment, and this album <laughs> came out at the year of the last impeachment twenty two years ago. Oh my God. So this album came out the year of the um, Bill Clinton uh, impeachment Clinton? scandal. Right. Um, and I think it's I think it's just interesting to note sort of like historical context and how mm-hmm. that plays into especially you know like we're hearing all these feminist sort of songs um, and this is sort of the year that we see Monica Lewinsky sort of like dragged through the dirt and in oh. ensuing years as well but this is sort of the first the first year of that but um, sort of putting this album into context this. Um, to me, I just imagine Monica listening to this in a car. Um, the last <laughs> song on this album is You've Got Away. I think this is a weak out, uh, a song to end the album on, I'm not going to lie. I think this album goes out with a whimper and not a bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I, I like to say that, pe- that artists typically on this podcast either end with a fade out or like a bang. This is neither. It's not a fade out. It's not a bang. It's just like a lob to like the, the forty yard line. Is that a football <laughs> reference? I don't know. Wow, he's you not here. My husband's are not athletic. Present. It just <laughs> is weird. It's weird. But I also like I, not with this song, but like what it made me think of was I do think Shania is better at delivering a ballad than many of her contemporaries. Mm-hmm. 
I, I a lot Absolutely. of the pop stars yes. at this time, like with with Britney, we were like, are you sure? It was like her and Faith Hill her were the Faith. big competitors. Yeah. Well, Faith can give us a ballad. Faith, see that? Yes. Well, and frankly, yes, I think and. that her strongest ballads here are not unforgettable. You're still the one, mm-hmm. as well as mm-hmm. from this moment on. Both, I I would say not like stellar, stellar songs, but I I think very strong ballads. And I do think that other ballads on her album just sort of get lost. Yeah. Me. I would argue that this album could have been spectacular between 10 and 12 songs. Well, I mean, if it was the 11 singles, fuck. I yeah, mean, I know. this would have I'm sold 25 million copies. After after not just 20. I, 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 mean, I think if, if someone would have trimmed down the fat in the album, we could have had something solid gold. Yeah. I mean, it's still, I mean, it's still outsold everybody. And I true, still do true. think, well, we'll get to this in a minute when we talk about the album as a whole. But up next, the segment, personal favorites. What are your favorites here? Honey, I'm home. Because it's so fucking, <laughs> it's just like such a bob, it's so high energy, it's great. But then, I mean, man, I feel like a woman is peak beautiful pop 1997 really just it like it was a global hit it was spectacular honey and <laughs> that don't impress me much because uh, most boys don't impress me much yes and um <laughs> i i i mean my answer is gonna be so so similar i love that don't impress me much to me uh, uh, how that I mean Such that was the anthem. An that was the anthem absolutely. of like my middle school years, mm. and I I absolutely love it. I mean, Honey, I'm Home does something to me on a spiritual level <laughs> um, that I cannot deny. And then who? I mean, man, I feel like a woman. Man, like I that's that is everything to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything. Kayla, what about you? I mean, I'm here to cape for the four big hits. Man, I feel like a woman. Uh, the the You're still the one uh, from this moment on. And, you know, that don't impress me much. I think are just sort of like, they're sort of timeless. Like, you hear them in 2019 and you're like, abs- yes, this mm-hmm. has an age. I also think in this re-listen, a, a favorite that stayed with me is Don't Be Stupid. Yeah. You know I love you. Yeah, I love Love it. Don't be I absurd. Love yes. it. I think it's so fun. Um, so that's my new favorite. Don't be absurd. So now it's time to rate the album as a whole based on our system of boxed wines. Absolutely. Let's see you later. <laughs> Will you count me in? One, Will you count us in? Two. No. <laughs> Thank you so much for that count in. We are back with our popping bottles. We are on the section of where we rate our uh, album of the week, which is Come On Over by Shania Twain. Um, so again, how we rate this uh, album is based on boxes of wine. Our sort of lowest... <laughs> rating is a Franzia box. The Franz. The Franz. And again, we have sort of differentiations within each brand. Um, But middle of the road is Black Box and Creme de la Creme is Boda Box. And again, variations within each brand. So uh, let's just go right down the line. Justin, what do you rate this album? Um, I don't think we can call this anything but a Cabernet Sauvignon. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, Reasons? It's aged aged well. It obviously, like, it's one of the... It's It's a a 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon (laughs) that I have before me. (laughs) It's, like, it's truly a top 10 um, of, of album, of, like, album sales of all time. Um, it's tied with Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Um, I think hmm? that um, there Have are... you heard of them, Fleetwood Mac? Have <laughs> you heard of Fleetwood? Um, Have and... you seen that Glee episode? <laughs> Have you seen the Glee episode where Santana comes out as a lesbian be- with one of the Fleetwood Mac songs? Because I have. Um, and um, truly, <laughs> when they did Songbird, I was like, I've never heard this song before. And then I heard it everywhere. And um, the Songbird came singing. Like, I, okay, I like we're the not one doing that the Dixie Chicks cover. <laughs> I I like you know Glee is having a weird renaissance. Anyways, back to come on back over. Back to come on over. Um, you know what? It, I believe that Shania really gave us um quite a few singles that will be here for a long time that will continue mm-hmm. to be referenced. Miley Cyrus just referenced man. I feel like a woman on the Voice where she made mm-hmm. all of her like contestants wear <laughs> cheetah print onesies and sing <laughs> it, which I think is so funny. Um, and she loved Miley for that. Love Miley for that. It's uh it's aged well. There are several memorable. Singles singles it um it's sold well it defined pop i think in 1997 it's a cabernet sauvignon elise i mean i love it there there is no denying so i'm gonna go let me i pulled up a unique booty vox i'm gonna say it is a nighthawk black oh we have never had that rating so far on the on the podcast will you read us maybe a little bit about the notes of this nighthawk let me pull them up um it is a it's a California wine, which she's Canada wine, so you don't seize. Um, rich aromas <laughs> of raspberry, blackberry, caramel, and hints of vanilla. Let's lean into caramel. Oh, absolutely. When it comes into Shania, we hear that in her voice. Ooh, a caramely mm. alto. Yes. She definitely. She's a beautiful with lush flavors of deep berry, mm. fig jam, dark chocolate, toasted marshmallow, and with baking spice. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but that really feels Shania to me. Toasted marshmallow? She does seem like sort of a browned oh, marshmallow. You know, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. in, you know, she would make me a fantastic pie. Mm. And we're we're nearing Thanksgiving mm-hmm. right now, so maybe my head is in that spicy zone. But yeah. she, she has a warm flavor, overarching. She does have a positive, wholesome, like, I, I do think f- fairly good message. Absolutely. And uh, I I like her. And a chestnut brown hair, dude. Mm. It's chestnut brown hair, and you can play her music around your family, and yeah. no one will get offended. No. Mm. So, things to remember. Thanksgiving, kids. Yeah. I am going to rate her a Boda Box Revolution. Mm. And the reasons for this for me is that I feel like the Revolution is sort of a red blend that's appealing to people who like a lot of different things. Mm. And I think that's here on this album. I think that it is for me I mean personally a Cabernet Sauvignon is sort of like just like my personal taste but I feel like a revolution is a little bit more appealing, appealing to, to the all. masses yes. but also appealing um just sort of like a timeless appealing taste yeah um I'll yeah, take that. that's my rating yeah 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 I mean you love Lord you really really lo- like Shania Twain it's true, and but that's just sort of a taste thing. Yeah. In terms of um, ratings, do we have any more thoughts or notes before we move on? No. I mean, I love her. I wish her the best. Yeah. Um, she's. I do have to do a shout out. Can we talk about her? 
Yes. Her performance at the Grey Cup Absolutely. 2017. Yeah. We is, just watched the sort of beginning steps of it together. Yeah, so this is a shout out really to my husband, but who is Canadian. So this is the Canadian corner moment. Of Hello, the Canadian corner. <laughs> this is the Canadian corner oh, moment Canada. of the episode. Um, she recently, this Canadian queen, 2017, rolled up or dare I say, rode up mm, to the Grey dare. Cup on a on a dog sled. On a dog sled. And this is the Canadian Football League. And she rode up in a bedazzled red jumpsuit. We call that a jumpsuit? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a bedazzled red jumpsuit with knee-high red fur boots. Exited. Exited the dog sled. Escorted by a Mountie. A beautiful Mountie onto the stage. And if that is not the most beautiful, wholesome Canadian thing you've ever seen, I don't know what is. It was just a beautiful Shania moment. I liked, I, I absolutely like that she's referen- like embracing her Canadian roots with this. Yes, with all, of her, with all of her American country money, she yeah. has gone back to Canada like a queen. Mm-hmm. She's with money. With that Nestle though. money. With that and Nestle, Nestle money. Well, yes. you know, we were talking about sort of her, her history and her upbringing, and I feel like I'm just so happy yes. she has money now, you know? She, she yes. deserves all of it. Have as much Nestle money Shania. as she wants. I do. Have uh, a Toll House cookie and yeah. fucking ride up a in a couple. fur. <laughs> My moral of story for me is love you, Shania. Thank you. Yeah. No. Thank you, Shania. Thank you, Shania. For so many bucks. Th- she really school. did. Did and well. And what I find so interesting is I feel like, like doing the math of when. Like when I was in middle school and how old I know you to be, Elise, mm-hmm. that you were listening to these songs a good at least half decade after they were mm-hmm. put out in middle school. Oh, like totally. for them to be your middle school bops means they were still popular like five, six, seven years mm-hmm. after they were released. And I think that they're still popular. Like this album is Legend, this album is Legion, this album is for all of us. I think yes. one of the things I'd like to address, if we're, it's because it's called Our Five and Bottles and we talk about like the significance of all pop eras and stuff this to me like when it's i think it may want to be one of the original crossovers or at least one of the most successful crossovers absolutely and we see this done so much like we see like i think it's actually like really uh, applicable to talk about the show hannah montana when we talk about shania twain right when we talk about shania twain if we don't talk about the road she paved for Mm -hmm. taylor swift i can pull off my um uh, off my shelf right now i have this copy of what is the most entertaining couple hours of television that's ever been produced, which is MTV's Divas, which is mostly sort of like, you know, it's like, a, it's Aretha, it's Mariah, it's all of these people um, that we, it's it's Gloria Estefan, like it's a truly this stacked lineup, and we have Shania, and, and my favorite video from the evening is when they sing Natural Woman and Aretha like won't let Carol King sing her own song and <laughs> she says at the beginning of the song she's like I haven't sung this yet tonight I don't think so and then takes over Carol King's verse uh-huh. um, but what what I think is so interesting about this is we have this this evening of, of si- singers who are all legendary from various levels um, but Shania really holds her own in, mm-hmm. in MTV's Divas and I think she holds her own in history as well. Yeah. Do you guys feel that she sorry to ask another question at the end Please. No, this podcast this is our, but um, philosophical sex. This is our yeah this is our 
a we, deep we discussion. We define her as a country artist, but there is so much about her that isn't necessarily country. Yeah. yeah no. and, well, and, and she made me look up the definition of country today. Like, that is how mm. far that went. Well, I mean, and I think uh, the most sort of uh, prescient parallel is is Taylor Swift, especially in the crossover they had, the pop country. I remember when her album Up came out, and it was really, really marketed to the pop mm-hmm. rather than country market space, which... There is so much overlap of those already. Um, And I think Taylor Swift is another person who we might think is not necessarily raised in a country landscape. She's originally not necessarily, like, from the country and ends up moving to Nashville and and then sort of establishing herself as a Mm -hmm. country singer and, like, singing our song with, like, this sort of weird lilt. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I I, I think that um, there is a lot of interesting space to be talked about about like what is country what is pop um when i was talking to cameron about this earlier cameron had mentioned to me like this stuff sounds like what rilo kylie and like jenny lewis are trying to do when they sort of like do this sort of like country pop stuff um but it's also for on them on their end it's sort of like indie um and and on this end to me um the way that it reads country is in the instrumentation and in some of her enunciation. But other than that, like, and, and I guess also in the themes that she Mm -hmm. sings about, but other than that, like what is, what is a a trademark country about it? Yeah. I, what I will also say is like, can we even talk about Shania Twain without talking about like in 2019, like Lil Nas and fucking, I think like what, and what I want to say about that is like, it's a, it's a brilliant marketing ploy to call something a country pop crossover Mm -hmm. because what you get is middle America Republican listeners and you get liberal pop listeners as well you get everyone listening to one song you also get the moderate you get moderate Mm -hmm. you get a full especially with with a country song that is not on its surface um political in the way that some of country songs have leaned since 2001 i would yeah, say you absolutely. know like oh, when yeah. when the when the country song is not about nationalism or like boots on the ground or any of the sort of other sort of deeply political things that country tries to like say is not that political and is just like supporting the country yeah. you know that that is sort of like um, uh, just such a huge market like when you think about I mean I don't know I love Carrie Underwood and when you think about her fans they sort of Carrie run Underwood. the gamut of everybody mm-hmm. you yeah. know she is a great vocalist who started an ill-fated Sound of Music live and no, um, she started an American Idol hunty did she not also start yeah, well, yeah. Sound I thought you said start- started I, yeah I heard started oh sorry but, mm-hmm. she did she that was not her start right, we right, all right. know yeah. we all saw her um, audition where she admitted to a third nipple does um, she have a third nipple that's what she said in her audition Wait, everyone I go forgot. back and watch I, the tape oh it's my on gosh. YouTube people here, here at Arts this is a big bottles. pop country moment well bringing it back pop, um, pop country crossover uh, Carrie Underwood's third nipple uh, <laughs> so we're about to sing our karaoke song oh my and I, I forgot that, um, we'd, oh my we, God. I thought that we'd when we're thinking about um, singing 
uh, a song from this album. There's many songs that come to mind, but we just sort of picked one that is iconic, and there's many iconic songs here. But first, we want to thank our executive producers, Aaron Barnett and Cameron Toy. Thank we, you. Thank you. We want to thank our graphics designer, Jeremy Smith. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, we want to thank... Um, uh, Canada for giving us Shania Twain. Hello, <laughs> and uh, we'll just go right into karaoke. I'm going to need to look at the words for this because oh, as we all know I don't know the words. We always sort of know the words. <laughs> we, uh, it should, is it a karaoke song if we don't sort of know the words? I mean but karaoke means that we have the words in front of us. Mm-hmm. So. Um, anyway. Oh, here we go. Let's go, girls. <laughs> Come on. I'm going out tonight. I'm feeling all right. I'm gonna let it all hang out. Wanna make some noise. Really raise my voice. Yeah, I wanna scream and shout. We're prepared.
like a woman. Oh, she's after us. What have we done? Now we just have some ad-libs. I feel like a woman. Thank you so much for listening to our cup and bottles. We love our fans so much. Comment, like, subscribe. I feel like a woman. Oh, a strong ending. Thank you so much for listening. Comment, like, subscribe. Yes. Follow. I love um, us. Recommend to your friends, yeah, to your frenemies. Um, um, particularly your friends. Yeah, your yeah, friends. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. Will you count me out? Nine. Eight. Eight seven. seven. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.